Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Evelyn Partners Investment Podcast. I'm Cherry Reynard, and with me today is Daniel Kasali, Chief Investment Strategist. In our first update of 2023, we're going to be looking at whether investors can look forward to a better year and whether some of the key pressures, notably rising interest rates and inflation, will abate in the year ahead. We're recording this on Wednesday, the 18th of January, 2023. Before we begin, here's some important information. Nothing in this recording is intended to constitute advice or a recommendation, and you should not take any investment decision based on its content. Any opinions expressed may be subject to change without notice. Remember that the value of investments can fall as well as rise and that you may not get back the amount you originally invested. Past performance should not be considered a reliable indicator of future returns. Different funds carry varying levels of risk, depending on the geographical region and industry sector in which they invest. You should make yourself aware of these specific risks prior to investing. If you're unsure about the suitability of an investment, or if you need advice on your specific requirements, you should seek professional financial advice. Okay, welcome, Daniel. Hi, Cherry. Uh, Now the new year has started with a bang in stock markets. Um, What's created this newfound optimism? Yes, cautious optimism is returning to markets. I can give you three reasons. One is the heavy lifting by central banks in raising interest rates has largely been done. Secondly, we are seeing peaking inflation in some of the developed economies. For example, the UK, we had lower inflation this morning. And thirdly, China is also a factor. It has essentially scrapped its zero COVID policy. Uh, So as China reopens, it supports the overall global economy. And this lowers the risk of an economic hard landing for the global economy. And there's been some weakness in energy prices as well. Has Has that helped? Yes. I mean, UK natural gas prices in the market are down 19% year to date. And of course, uh, that's helping uh, households uh, in terms of the pocket. Uh, gas prices actually below the pre-Russian war level with uh, the invasion with Ukraine. Um, also, energy prices are coming down on the continent. Uh, this lowers the risk of energy rationing and downward economic downsides in Europe. Uh, this has implications in currency markets. So the dollar's weakened. Uh, as this risk has been reduced, and investors are putting more capital to work in financial markets. Okay, cool. Um, I wonder if we could talk through the inflation picture. Obviously, commodities are one thing, but are there any other reasons why inflationary pressures are weakening? Well, there there are plenty of moving parts here. Uh, Take the US, for example. Energy prices and used car prices uh, are starting to be coming down. Uh, We saw that the supply chain disruptions from the pandemic They have certainly eased, uh, though residential rents are on the up. Nevertheless, if you look at it uh, as an aggregate, we can see that overall inflation is coming down. Uh, So this reduces the risk of slipping into a 1970s style uh, inflationary decade. Okay, well, (laughs) that's encouraging. I mean, are you are you convinced that this is the start of a broader trend or do you think this is anomalous? Yes, I think there is optimism that this could become a broader trend. Firstly, if we look at the UK, its economic growth is slowing. We see taxes and mortgages are on the up. This reduces the amount of money that we have available to spend. And of course, it reduces the ability eventually of companies being able to raise prices. Also, high base effects from sharp price increases in 2022 will make it difficult to keep raising uh, CPI inflation as much as in 2023. And finally, supply chain disruption on prices is easing too. uh, And the pound is also doing better, and that's keeping inflation under control. If you look at what the Bank of England expects, they expect inflation to half 
uh, and that should happen by the last quarter of this year. So there are some positive signs there on the inflation front. And I would imagine that the reopening of China could add to inflationary pressures. I mean, do you, do you think that's a risk? Well, Cherry, it, it works in two ways, really, because on one hand, uh, stronger Chinese economic growth does support raw material prices, as you're saying, uh, like crude oil and copper. But on the other hand, a step up in Chinese ma- uh, factory output, then that should ease some of the supply chain disruption and increase the flow of manufacturing products. So these two factors could essentially balance each other out. Um, OK, and so if, if the picture does look more kind of benign what what should inflation uh, what should investors be looking out for in terms of inflation you know what's going to move the dial is it wages or commodity prices i think there's really two things here one is looking on uh, rental inflation because it's got a large share of the underlying consumer inflation basket uh, and the second thing is looking at wage rates in the developed economies they are on the up uh, there is a risk that these wages and the inflation could feed off each other So we create a sort of upward spiral in both wages and inflation. And essentially, the inflation becomes much more stickier, difficult to to address. And what does it mean in terms of your investment positioning? Is this still an environment that kind of merits some defensiveness? Uh, Absolutely. Last year was a tumultuous year for both bonds and equities. We saw central banks moving abruptly to raise uh, interest rates after the highest inflation we saw for 40 years. There's still plenty of uncertainty out there. So it probably makes sense to stay defensively minded for now. Uh, this does not necessarily mean to cut exposure to equities. But what it probably means is uh, to stay invested to capture a rally, but to minimise risk by owning the stocks that are supported by high dividends and cash flows. Uh, OK, you mentioned this in a recent outlook that you think income will be in particularly important uh, this year. Um, can you expand on that a bit and talk about why you think that is? Well, exactly. Our main message for 2023 is play the field for yield. In other words, to actively look for high dividend yield in equities, uh, such as the energy sectors. This currently yields about 4.1% and dividends are supported by cash flow. Other defensive areas of the equity market, consumer staples, utilities, plus materials, also score well on this front. Now, this is a stark contrast to some of the low yielding information technology consumer discretionary communication services sectors, these all pay dividend yields of around 1.6%. So there's an opportunity cost of sticking with such low yielding stocks. And also it may entail more risk as we saw last year. Um, What about uh, which kind of markets in terms of geographic regions are the the best sort of most fertile places to find yield? Well, it's the good old UK. Believe it or not, the UK equity market yields 4.3%. And that's the highest out of the major developed stock markets. The US, in contrast, is uh, the lowest yielding market on 1.7%. So expect money to flow to the UK rather than the US. Uh, as investors, don't take the gloomy media headlines so literally. Okay. Um, and what about bonds? I mean, where do you think government bonds yields are heading over the next few months? Well, once the Federal Reserve, uh, that's the US central bank, stops raising interest rates, it's time to think about bonds. We also have slower economic growth and lower inflation. That helps fixed income investor returns. The entry points look really good. Uh, The US 10-year bond price, that fell 16% in 2022. And that's the worst performance since the Constitution was ratified in 1788. We are talking about changes in bond prices that span centuries here. So it's a good opportunity for investors to get back in. 
And so what is your kind of working scenario for the global economy in 2023? Are you still expecting a moderate recession rather than, you know, extremes? A lot depends on whether China reopens its economy fully. The Chinese leadership is wary about the social unrest we saw last year. With plenty of stimulus pumped into the economy already, growth has been revised up and could surprise on the upside. In the upcoming year of the rabbit, maybe it should be run, rabbit, run. Okay, and presumably everyone's still watching the Federal Reserve and what they're going to do next. Well, of course, I mean, the Fed monetary tightening and its impact on the the US economy is still going to be uh, very, very important for markets. Uh, We see that the rate sensitive property sector in the US, it's slowing sharply. But it's worth bearing in mind that US households have less debt as a share of take home pay than during the global financial crisis in 2008. And also consumers still have money left over from the pandemic. So if you were to add up this excess personal savings uh, built up since the pandemic, it's worth something like $2 trillion or 10% of take-home pay. And this could help to cushion the the high cost of living over in the States. Against this backdrop, there are probably good reasons to believe that the global economy can avoid a recession, i.e. contracting GDP growth. And what does that mean for markets? Uh, For investors, the main question is to ask, what is priced into stock prices? In our view, much of the bad news is now baked into the global stock market valuations already. Stocks are a lot cheaper. The MSCI All Country World Index trades on an undemanding price-to-earnings ratio of 15 times. That's well down from the cyclical peak of 20 times in September 2020. This creates a favourable platform for high-yielding dividend stocks to perform in 2023. Nevertheless, expect plenty of market volatility as the global economy nurses its way through an inflationary hangover. As always, be wary of these risks and stay defensively positioned in your portfolio. But don't lose sight of the fact of the remarkable ability of markets to recover and to be able to capitalise on it as investors. Okay, that's a positive note on which to end on. So thank you, Daniel, for that roundup. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. All references and lines spoken about in this episode can be found in the episode show notes. And you can find lots of other investment articles on evelyn.com, including Daniel's latest outlook. Ben Seeger-Scott will be back with us in the studio for our next podcast episode. And we'd love to have you join us if you can. Please do subscribe to our show if you haven't done so. And you can rate us and review us in the App Store. Until next time.